feel like Gordon Bombay would have taken his career to even further heights. Everything's flashy, everything's cocaine, everything's fun. Open wide for some soccer. I don't care what you think about, what your personal thoughts are at home. I care that you hate the Cowboys. Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Experience Podcast. I'm Chris. This is Dom. Just a couple of comics talking sports, and uh, we're just getting right into it. To get today, we're talking about a game, actually. Yeah, another the, game. Like yeah. we did kind of Rams and uh, Panthers last week. Yeah. Uh, for this one, uh, it's a different kind of football. Well, we're talking the Champions League final, 2005, Liverpool versus AC Milan. Oh yeah. Miracle of Istanbul. It really was a miracle. That we all got to witness. Well, it was one of the greatest uh, soccer games, especially because you have these games that are, you know, extremely exciting, but they're never a final. It's like a Super yeah, Bowl where they're right? always blowouts. And you're like, that was a great game. You're like, like the Bills again. Yeah, Come exactly. on, man. Exactly. And this was getting ready to be a Bills blowout. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. And it, it uh, turned into the miracle of Istanbul. This is like that 13-year stretch where the NFC was just really Uncle Slippy fisting the uh, or NFC doing it to the AFC. So, yes. yes, that's the way it goes. <laughs> um, so May 25th in uh, Istanbul, Turkey, yeah. there was talk about not having a Champions League taken uh, taking place in, in Turkey because it was... Turkey? Turkey. Yeah. It was looked at as the security wasn't going to be high enough. We've and all watched Midnight Express, Chris. What's, well, what's amazing was the atmosphere in Istanbul, everybody knows, is just absolutely crazy. Their stadium is set up like amazing to just like amplify the sound so like you ever been inside a turkish prison before billy no jesus <laughs> well this is what we're doing tonight <laughs> no all right but yeah um they're holding it in turkey it's the first uh champions uh game held in turkey yeah first champions league final in turkey that's what everyone was saying and it, they showed that it was great oh it was, the atmosphere was insane dude for this game holy cow so let's get into how these two teams made it to this uh champions league so oh yeah Liverpool Liverpool finished fourth in the previous year, so they have to go through on a qualifying. So they have to beat somebody in a in a home and away game to make it through to the group stage. Yeah, AC Milan won Serie A, so yes, they automatically in, yeah. make through to the group stage. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the group stage, and we brought this up in our Steven Gerrard episode. Was Liverpool was fighting to get through on that second spot, and they're playing Olympiacos, and Steven Gerrard absolutely has one of the greatest strikes, probably the greatest strike of his career, to uh, send them through to the group stage second. So Olympiacos goes through first. And you know that he was jamming to some Phil Collins after that. Oh, my God. He was on cloud nine. It was wonderful. (laughs) And then um, Ace Milan, counter to that, ends up winning their group. And they had a really fucking rough group. They won their group over Barcelona. Like, so, like... Manchester United. Well, no, no, that's later. Oh, okay. Uh, But this is what I mean is through the group stage, they definitely were... It was obvious that it was almost two pass that these teams were taking right off of the bat. Yeah, and it's crazy to think that both of them would meet. You'd mm-hmm. figure AC Milan might be there, but... Uh... Well, everybody was picking AC Milan. No. That's that's okay. the thing, was this was, and I'll go through their team, this was without a doubt their you know dynasty years. I and... recognize some of those players from that Italy World Cup team yep. that yep. they have. Yeah, from 2006, which is... The following year. So that actually makes a lot of sense. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so Liverpool end up being uh, Bayern Leverkusen, Juventus, and Chelsea. And I wanted to say this. We brought this up <laughs> in our um, 
in our Troy Aikman episode where it made playoff games so much more fun when these teams kept playing against each other. Yeah. And it was like this round robin of Juventus, Chelsea, and Liverpool, and they kept meeting in the Champions League and, like, knocking each other out. And, like, it made that era so much fun, especially the Liverpool-Chelsea rival rivalry that was in the Champions League. It was so much fun. Um, and then, so they go through, that's who Liverpool go through. And then uh, Milan, like you were saying, take on Manchester United, Inter Milan in the Milan Derby, which is pretty wild. And then PSV Eindhoven, which was a okay team. I'm just saying that was probably, you know, not the best. I mean, they were an okay team then. Um, so now I want to get into these, these lineups because they are so different. Pretty crazy. Yeah. So AC Milan's got... Um, Brazil's goalkeeper, uh, Dida, which is probably the most unrecognizable name, which okay. is kind of crazy to yeah. say. Just which like is, one of the just their number, like reigning World Cup winners goalie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> then they have Cafu, who's 35 on the on the right on the right back, and people were saying like Cafu was such an unbelievably great athlete that at 35 he was outrunning everyone on the field like he was just like that guy that you were just like oh okay taking um, some of them tb12 steroids exactly <laughs> uh central center back uh yap stom uh yeah. check out that uh sir Alex ferguson episode where they get into it um <laughs> nesta is the other center back and then they have pablo Mandi- maldini who was probably one of the best players I mean, ever. He was like their captain, AC Milan, in this era of their dominance, and he's playing left back for them. So that's and just... And he was like, like, I mean, he's their guy, and yes. he's like a grizzled veteran at this point, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then they have Pirlo, who is in his... It's crazy to think yeah. of Pirlo as like a young guy. He's like 26, 27. <laughs> they have Gattuso, who's like 26, 27. He's they got have, to look like a caveman kind of. It's, it's, yeah. it's crazy. And they have Clarence Seedorf, who's in his 30s, and then they have Kaká, who's like 24. So they have this central midfield that is like the age that you want all of these unbelievable stars. And then you have Shevchenko and Crespo as your two strikers. And if you were going to make a team of like all stars going back in this era, you're like, Oh, I want to play FIFA. I'm going to, and like, this is the kind of shit that you would lay out. Like cool. these guys okay. from like, that's what a great team that this AC Milan really team constructed was and then we look at Liverpool. Yep. Not quite the same uh, international pedigree. So no. uh-uh. uh, right back, they have Steve Finnan, who's fine right back, but, yeah. I mean, not world-class. They have Carragher, who I would take as a world-class center back, especially in this era. He plays very much a hard nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Hoopia, who's just Sam Hoopia, man. He's not anything that's crazy i mean he's not jan yap stom you know what i mean nothing to write home about that's what i mean they have torre who had one of the worst games ever (laughs) uh i'll get into that oh yeah Uh, they had zabby alonzo who this is where you see where liverpool's pedigree comes in so like their their midfield was really great Zabi Alonso one of the best midfielders he was this, on the Spain this, World Cup teams yep, wasn't he, was, he? Yeah. he was in this Spain he was in this era of Spain midfielders being unbelievable and he's the one that kind of gets always left out because he was playing for Liverpool Dang. Um, then you have Luis Garcia who just does one too many fucking tricks you have Jonah Anarisa who was 
had just like an amazing left foot but couldn't kick the ball with his right foot to save his life so like this is the kind of shit i'm talking about was like they almost had like this bad news bears what you're saying is they constructed the island of misfit toys as a soccer team and then they have german stevie g in the middle, and then they have Kuhl, um, who gets subbed out very early, and Milan Barosh, which I love the fact that there's a guy on Liverpool whose first name is Milan. Um, I'm going to call him Barosh from now on, but um, <laughs> I always just love the that. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, just to throw out their uh, uh, their formations, Liverpool was playing like a 4-4-1-1 with Kuhl playing right behind Barosh, and... and Gerard and Zabi Alonso once being like the holding midfielders, which really bit them in the ass because Milan came out in this 4-4-2 in this diamond and had Kaká being like this freewheeling guy that Gerard and Zabi really couldn't deal with. Ooh, okay. So that's what we see. And it, it, if you watch this game, it's interesting because it is not like the the – culture of soccer has changed so like nowadays possession is like everything okay and back then there was a lot more high risk passes that were given out so it's a lot more fun to watch then sometimes okay it's hard to say because sometimes it's more frustrating yeah like you're making too many boneheaded plays when it's just like nah take that okay that makes sense so we see this right away with triore so we're just going to get right into the game into the game at a Turk stadium. Yes. So right away, Traore hits a long ball. And this is the thing that people were talking about was like he was instructed to hit these balls into Barosh, but they were just not good passes. No, they weren't making them. <laughs> and so he hits one in. They take it. Then the play it back. Uh, Liverpool get possession again. Give it to Traore in the left back. He hits another long ball in. AC Milan just immediately takes it back, dribble it down, and Traore ends up fouling him near the box. And this is in the first minute. So this is what I mean. Like, literally, the only play that's really happening is Traore on this left back, gives the ball away, gives the ball away, concedes a foul, and then... It's basically like fumbling a kickoff, the opening kickoff at, like, your 15. And Pirlo steps up. They have a pretty much a predestined play. I don't know if you really saw the way it was was everybody crashed the goal yeah and then right there waiting (laughs) essentially was maldini to put the ball in yeah paolo got it man Mm -hmm. kicked it right in and this is in the first minute yeah um this was right this was ac milan's um game plan i want to bring out the uh, i want to talk about the coaches so angelotti was ac milan's coach and rafa benitez was Uh, Liverpool's coach and Angelotti said that this was our plan to score in the first 10 minutes and because that's their their team was set up to counterattack. yeah to and to get a lead early and to get a lead early get that momentum going for you and make the other team play from behind well and it's very much an Italian style because they're they they trust so much in their defense Mm -hmm. that they can sit in defense and then they have Kaká, Shevchenko, and Crespo going as their counterattack, and it's it's one of it, people were talking about it, it being one of the more scarier trios that you would that you would see ever. Well, yeah, they can capitalize what you and you watch early in this game is they capitalize on mistakes. Yes, like and that's what that's they, their bread and butter. Yes, 
Uh, I just want to put this out. Maldini being the oldest goal scorer at the time in the Champions League at 37 when he put this one in. Wow. So uh, that's how old he was. Uh, Good job, four, Grandpa. Already four Champions League medals under his belt. That's what, what an amazing uh, guy Maldini is. I'm just pointing it out. Um, 13th minute, Crespo almost scores yeah. with uh, Garcia clearing off the line. And this is what we're seeing is like it's – Back and forth, but Liverpool's chances are half chances. AC Milan's chances are full chances. And they're and they're missed a couple of opportunities due to mistakes too. I mean, like they're the whole game as it's progressing in the first half is just playing right into AC Milan's hands. Exactly, exactly. Like Liverpool really can't stop AC Milan's plan. We see about ten minutes after that, Kuehl goes down injured. Yeah. Um, this was. People said was Benitez is really um, he shouldn't have started Kuehl because he was injury prone and he should have. And we'll talk about this at halftime. He should have made this change right here and brought on another defensive midfielder. But he doesn't. He ends up bringing on uh, Vladimir Schmeitzer <laughs> and uh, Schmeitzer goes and plays right wing and um, uh, Garcia goes up and plays in that withdrawn striker role. Uh, which was kind of a mistake. That's what people were saying. And we saw this because they essentially were playing the wrong formation, losing every like 50-50 ball, all of this strategic kind of thing. And he had a chance to change it right then and didn't. No, he took the other route. And uh, it definitely cost him in yes. the first half. For well, sure. And that's what we see is um, Shevchenko actually has a goal that's called off sides uh, right after this. And they're just pushing, pushing, pushing. Yeah. And like you said, the capitalizing on mistakes, they have a penalty claim. I think it was on, on Maldini yeah. in the uh, in AC Milan's box that, I mean, could have been called. I'm just saying it could have been. But you see four or five Liverpool players standing around with their hand up like, you're going to call that? You're going to call that? <laughs> and AC Milan do exactly what they're set up for, which is a counterattack. And we see in this span of five minutes so 40 to 44 minutes we see the brilliance that is kaka totally he, he sets oh, these man. he sets these two goals up it's insane it, it's really pretty amazing because he goes to just to bring up some kaka shit he goes to real madrid and doesn't really, shit. i know i loved it god dang it <laughs> um he goes to real madrid and really doesn't play at this level but if you want to watch him in this AC Milan team, he is almost unstoppable. So go from this handball claim and Milan are counterattacking with Kaká. He takes it and he gives this absolutely wonderful pass to Shevchenko. And it's just like this little like looping right over the defender's leg kind of pass. Shevchenko takes it, squares it right to Crespo, who's wide open just to tap it in. There wasn't anybody around the guy. They almost. said yeah. it's such a it's such a goal that is set up, like you said, that AC Milan, this is like literally what they're doing. Kaká, Shevchenko to Crespo. Like this on the counterattack. This is like, it's going the way, like I bet Angelotti at this point is just like, I'm a god. Well, you remember in our uh, 94 Chargers episode where I told that story about Mike Shanahan meeting the night before with Steve Young because in the West Coast offense, you script your first 15 plays. Yep. And he's just like, this game isn't even going to be close. And they've scored seven touchdowns. But that, that that's but what I mean. I, it's that's playing out exactly like you drew it up on the friggin' blackboard or the 
tablet, whatever. Whatever they were drawing it up on the uh, old uh, wine goblets. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they this was their game plan. It was drawn up, and they were executing it to the fullest, going up to nothing. And then um, we see Benitez kind of make a another bad coaching, uh, another coaching mistake where he tries to like stretch his team so he makes his team go like at a more wide essentially like it's hard to even explain what he was trying to do but he was trying to like spread out the team and ac milan just was just like no (laughs) and they literally went right back up the middle um you see this because and i hate to say it because gerard kind of has this bad pass it gets intercepted kafu and I forget who play it back and forth, back and forth. And then they play it up to Kaká, who Gerard drops back to play on. And he plays one of the best. It is literally just like he barely touches the ball and turns Gerard. Oh, totally, yeah. It's almost like Gerard's not there. Yeah. I'm just saying, like to to say, like this is the tale. This game is a tale of two halves. This right here is like Kaká being like, I'm the greatest in the world. <laughs> this turn right here, because he turns Gerard, he takes it in and gives one of the greatest passes to Crespo. And then Crespo one touch and just gives like a little chip shot, which yeah, it is so and it, that it looks easy, but it's so unbelievably hard. Just and tap it in. That's oh my God. That's what it is. And they end up going up. This is the 44th minute. They end up going three, nothing. They feel like they have it in the bag. Angelotti's getting his dick sucked in the locker room. Probably. I mean, he's probably dreaming about all sorts of not soccer stuff at the half. I'll tell you what's crazy. Everyone's eating oranges. That's what I mean is they're probably like half celebrating in the locker room and the... Because you feel pretty good because everything that was scripted just happened, essentially. I mean, like, and the other team, like you said, with Benitez's... um, uh, bad coaching moves it's just like how are we going to lose this game exactly yeah um i'll say this though benitez is one of the best tacticians ever so in this era so him coming into the locker room he makes these tactical changes that fills every single gap so he wants triori to be benched he tells him to get into the shower that his day is done (laughs) um steve finnan who's supposed to play He's he's the right back because they're going to three in the back. Yeah, so they're they dropping up the formations. That yep, put they're that dropping one of the defenders. So he already goes and tells Triore, "You're done." Yep. The physio comes over to him and he's like, "Hey, Stephen is only going to last like another ten minutes because he picked up like a thigh injury." Hmm. And he goes to the shower. He tells Triore to stop showering and come out and put his <laughs> uniform back on because he's going to go out. Oh man, that has and to be like just it for Triore, just like. Oh, I guess I'm not. Ah, crap. Well, somebody somebody was saying this. It was just like, I just wanted you to be the freshest. Oh. And was he using Irish Spring? God, yes. I hope he come was. on God now. damn it. <laughs> um, it's one of those things, though, as a professional, you just have to. And Traore has not a good second half. Or, I mean, not a great second half, but he has a good second half. So yeah. it, it, luckily for him, he could come out and redeem himself because, like you were saying, they were a 4-4-1-1. They end up going into a 3-4-2-1 and bringing on Hamann, who is a German central yep. defensive midfielder. Dietmar Hamann. Dietmar Hamann. And this opens up Gerard, mm-hmm. which is yeah. our boy. And that's who you got to open it up for. 
Well, that's what they were saying was they should have started off like this. So AC Milan kind of had one formation, the four in the back, the diamond, the two. I mean, they could have, they end up going into like a five uh, later. And uh, I'll bring this up as they kind of wait too long to go into this, but everybody knew what AC Milan was going to start with. There was no questions with that. So it was like, why wouldn't we start with this three in the back? Because just to, just to go from like, back to front so like the three in the back now so before when they had the four it was almost confusion as to who was going to pick up who exactly the central midfield or the central defenders one would have to go up maybe and and meet kaka and that would open up space behind them now literally it's man marked across the back and everybody knows what they were going for who you're going to cover or where you go when the ball is there yeah you know and then with the two extra or with the extra center defensive midfielder with two of them with zabby alonzo and haman they can essentially close down pure low and kaka who were like orchestrating this game yeah and they were eating them alive they were yes and kaka especially i have to say that is when he was so unbelievable and coming into the second half, I hate to say it, this was the uh, what a detractor would say was he kind of checks out. Oh no, you got to play for the full Fergie time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. you're getting your fucking soccer quotes in. I love that. I'm doing my best, Chris. Oh man. <laughs> so start. Let's start that second let's half. Start the second half. AC Milan is still pressing and they're still getting good chances, but you can tell. Liverpool has momentum going. They're like, oh, this is a different look. We're not getting the crap kicked out of us anymore. Exactly. Come on, confidence. Exactly. We're getting like full chances. Shevchenko actually has a a, a really good chance that Dudek saves. Yeah. And then a couple of minutes after that, it is just the floodgates open up. Joanna, John, John Arana Risa. I hate saying his name. I was going to say so Joanna Man, but yeah, that works. It's so too. hard. Ends up whipping a ball in. Um, the first one gets blocked by Cafu, and mm-hmm. then he whips the second one in. And Gerard, it's almost like the exact same way that Maldini was, where everybody's crashing on the inside. Gerard comes in late and heads in just a beautiful ball into the corner. Like, if you look yeah, at it... Yeah, the header was amazing. Oh, my God. Oh, it, it is literally, like, the only place it could have went in. And it was really fucking cool. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I love it. I love that header so much. Um, it was one of those times, and then you see his celebration. Yeah. Where it's like, let's go. Not right. like... Not like that was awesome. I'm the shit. Just like, okay, guys, like, let's fucking do this because it wasn't self-aggrandizing that's what i love so much about it it was like get your shit together this game is not over they think it's over let's finish it and then i want to get right into the next goal it is literally three minutes later and this is this is why i said kaka checked out and why you like literally what you were just saying so they get a throw in kaka sees the ball go out and he decides that his shin guard isn't on right so he takes his sock off and he starts fucking with his shin guard this leaves zabby alonzo wide open yeah completely open they get the ball into him get it to zabby alonzo and then it looks like somebody said this and i thought it was so accurate it looks like a rugby game where the guys are just shuttling the ball over and they're just have one man extra so they just keep doing it and that's what this passing is it's literally just like one extra one extra and then it just goes to smeitzer who's just Mm -hmm. open for this absolute rocket yeah this thing was crazy well that's the thing about this game too is all of the goals were fucking awesome. Yeah, it's not 
like they were just like ho hum. These were like you know top ten Sports Center type goals. You All know? of them. I yeah. loved it. I loved it. The Kaká ones in the first half, and then these two with Gerard's header, and then Schmeitzer's kick and Barosh barely getting out of the way like it's Mm -hmm. one of those like memories that just like is cemented in my mind and they say that this goal was probably about 80 percent kaka's fault if you look at it because literally a shevchenko the striker ahead of him sprints back because he sees the oh, need that he, he bad. probably like you know you see it unfolding and you yes. just can't stop it like an he's action just like movie. oh shit yeah yeah he's, he's just got that mel gibson lethal weapon face going ah! exactly <laughs> and then you know what three minutes later yeah three minutes like they all happened at one, like this is like the avalanche I believe it's in a span of seven minutes, and we get a minute right here of Xabi Alonso setting up for a penalty. So Mm -hmm. literally right after this, Steven Gerrard gets a brilliant break right into the middle of the box and Gattuso comes over and takes him down. Yeah, Takes him down, and there's not a lot of contact, but he's full sprint in the box and there is contact. And this was something that I found so interesting. Like I was saying, like nowadays, this probably would have been absolutely would have been a yellow, maybe a red. Okay. It was, it wasn't even a card. It was wow. like, it really is a different kind of game that they were playing back then. Um, Gerard goes down. Sabi Alonso steps up to take the penalty. Oh, kick. dude, this play is so cool. I didn't uh, even I know you it. could do this on penalty. Oh kicks. yeah. Yeah. It's, was... it's free. As soon as it's, it's in play. Okay. You know, it's so in play. The goalie like catches it. Or um, something. Well, yeah. Well, then yeah. it's his. So it's okay. in play like it's in play like a, a normal, you know what I mean? Uh, so Zabi Alonso steps up to take it. He hits it to the goalie's right. The goalie saves it. Yeah. But he saves it right in front of him. And Zabi was right there just to bury it back in. Well, and he was hustling. It's almost like I thought of basketball when I saw this, like following your shot to get the rebound. That was, oh my God, it, so cool. It is because especially it's so hard to stop these penalty kicks at this it's hard to catch them yeah so they almost always block them so it's almost always a rebound right there or another you know chance you know yeah no for sure that, and i mean yeah now the game is tied so now it's three three and it all happens within what seven minutes yeah so i mean brand new ball game it's absolutely insane to, to think about and, and there's so much more to go i remember watching this game live and being like i guess i'll watch the second half <laughs> like that's the kind of shit where i was just kind of like yeah, I mean, it's like that Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. Hundred <laughs> percent. That's oh literally what it was. Um, still a great game. Still pressing. AC Milan seventieth minute um, gets uh, Shevchenko gets a shot and past Dudek the goalie and Triori, mm. who had the worst fucking first half ever. Pretty much saves it right here with saving this goal, clearing it off the goal line. It's like it, a Billy Madison. Man, I'm glad I called that guy. It, seriously. And they left him in. It was like, thank God. <laughs> um, another round of Carragher say, like, tackles in this, in this span of this last 20 minutes. They were talking about what an amazing effort he had there was yeah. literally there's literally like three or four of them stopping kaka and crespo right as they would get the ball right at the 18 like carragher at the end here really like kept liverpool in this game because ac milan was really pushing and no then, they had they look like they're just like let's just get one more and get the hell out of here yeah. before anything else happens like we can score we can do this and then 86th minute and this was the 
this was talking shit on Angelotti was he waited too long to make this to make this switch. They end up going to like five in the back, mm. and this is when we see Gerard going back to right back. So at, I think it was like eighty fifth minute. Uh, Liverpool uses their last sub. Okay. So this is why Gerard ended up playing the rest of the game at right back and oh, ends such up winning a versatile freaking badass well he ends up winning man of the match because he's literally playing in this second half and overtime he's playing absolutely unbelievable but like i said tale of two halves if this ended in the first half we'd be talking about kaka being the man of the match so like it's one of those things or crespo so it's it's such an interesting change where first half he was kind of garbage and they were talking about taking him out like people that were hating on him and then second half they're like oh he's the best player in the world yeah so we get into overtime. It's three three. It's kind of stunning. Um, yeah, I wanted right. to I wanted to point this out. I kind of forgot when AC Milan was up three nothing. Liverpool came out, and their fans instead of like being bummed, saying "You'll never walk alone," which is like their anthem. So like they literally were like, "No, we could still do this." Back when they were down three nothing, I thought that was amazing. Dude, amazing from Liverpool fans, which you got to give it up to. I'd probably would have been there with a boombox with a Benny Hill theme playing in the background. Well, and this was the other thing at this point because you think your team's going to lose, they come back, you start panning to the audience uh, before <laughs> overtime, and people are fucking hammered. Absolutely, I mean hammered <laughs> because they think their team's going to lose. Now their team's tied. They have no idea what's going on. It's in Istanbul, so it's it's wild. Just I'll just say that. Schnockered on that plum wine. Um, the best chance for overtime came at 117th minute. Shevchenko has a shot. Yeah, Dudek saves it. Shevchenko gets the rebound and smashes it about as hard as he can, which is kind of crazy to think he's like a foot away and Dudek blocks it. And people were saying like he had no idea about this shot. If you look at it, it's pretty much he knows that he has to get up and get something on it because exactly, it right. is really a great two block to keep Liverpool in this game. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, it was insane. And then we get in to penalties. PKs. A uh, quick little fun fact. Liverpool and AC Milan, both time they won what would be the Champions League, the top European Cup. They both won it on penalties. Yeah. I, yeah, that was in uh, the article I had read. That's uh, pretty cool. Liverpool beat Roma in 84 and i'm bringing this up because bruce and i I can't remember his name but uh, he was the spaghetti legs so (laughs) when liverpool beat roma in 84 he kind of like had this crazy movement on the line when he was the goalkeeper to kind of like fake out the yeah, guys taking the thing. You don't want to tell where you're going to go. And right? we see Dudek do the exact same kind of mind game. Ooh. So for every single penalty taker, he would take the ball and meet him up at the AC Milan player up at the penalty taking spot. And the AC Milan player, I saw this happen twice. I don't <laughs> know if he did it more times. So they didn't show it. But he would go to grab it and Dudek would take the ball back. Oh, and then give it to him man. and just shit like that where it wasn't like wasting time but he kept trying to get into their mind and there was stuff that he does that he, that's not allowed now where he would like encroach on the player and shit like that but like it made for such a great penalty shootout that's pretty cool he probably should have windmilled him i bet he could have got away with that that's what i mean just all of the <laughs> all of the crazy antics that he had <laughs> Uh, so Serginho was the first one to get up for AC Milan. Mm-hmm. 
And he misses high into the right, and people were saying that Dudek had a lot to do with that. Yeah, a, a flat-out miss on a penalty kick is huge. And, like, and he sailed it over and the crossbar. Yeah. I mean, holy crap! Yeah. So that's big. Uh, Haman steps up with a broken toe. Oh yeah, buries it for Liverpool. I'm just saying. So like, put it in perspective. People are going absolutely crazy we're gonna win uh Pirlo steps up saved by Dudek low to the right this is probably one of the better saves if not the best save I mean the last one's probably the best yeah but, but it's still legit man with Pirlo and and this is what we were talking about was Liverpool had pretty much every knowing where everybody was gonna go in this penalty kick, they did their due diligence. Yeah, you want to bring that up, what you were talking about before? Well, and AC Milan did, but not necessarily for every player. So I, I yeah. imagine they did for, like, their bigger players, but I think Liverpool had one for every single possible penalty taker. Which is cool. Well, it, which was what ends up winning this kind of take. So uh, we see Dibiral Cisse come in mm-hmm. and uh, score Liverpool's second. He was subbed in, I believe, for Barosh in the in the overtime. Um, and then Thomason actually scores Milan's first one who was subbed in for, I, I think it was Crespo or somebody like that. Everyone's I forget, I was tired, say, I forget, I was, I forget <laughs> who he got subbed in for, but this is the thing is Liverpool's up to nothing and everyone's like, oh, we're about to win this. Milan come back to one, Jonah yeah. Arisa ends up missing Kaká buries it, and now it's 2-2. Two, two. Yep. So it was almost like the game where AC Milan was Someone up goes three, up early yep. and then back and forth. It mm. was the back and forth. And then Schmeitzer, who you, you got to give it up to this guy who didn't play for Liverpool for that much and didn't play after this season. Um, but he had the second goal in the game. He had the penalty kick to make him go up 3-2. to two. Yep. And then Shevchenko steps up and... Which is crazy because he's known for being a great penalty kicker. Like he he had one in two thousand and three to beat Juventus for them to win the Champions League final. Wow! Um, and he steps up, kicks it down the middle, and Dudek actually dives to the right, but leaves his hand back and oh. saves it. And it's such one of those great things where it was like a safe. It was like a safe dive. Yeah, right. And, and man, was he lucky! Like for the love of God, let it hit my trailing hand. And it did. Mm. Um, Liverpool go on to win. Yeah, because you don't have to kick anymore. They can't score any more than you now. And the guy that was up next to take their final kick was who? Steven Gerrard. Oh, never even had to take. Didn't a even kick. need him no. at that point. Um, the captain. And uh, Liverpool go on to win the 2005 Champions League, first time since 84 mm-hmm. that they won the Champions League. It was in Istanbul. Um, a couple of takeaways. What was your takeaway from this? Best damn soccer game I ever watched. Well, because this was in this era, this is when I started to watch soccer. This is when the Premier League was kind of starting to be shown in USA. Yeah. And this game was like the game that was like, oh, shit, this is amazing. And I was, I've never been a Liverpool fan then or now, but like the game was so entertaining. Like you said, like if every soccer game was like this, I'd watch every single weekend. And I was well, like, no, yeah. And, and you want that as a fan of the sport. Like this year, these NFL playoffs were amazing. Steelers yes. were absolute dog shit, but I didn't care. All the games were freaking entertaining. Exactly. And that's like we were saying, like the Super Bowl this year was entertaining, but like some years you get the bills. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And like this was the one that cemented it for me where I was like, oh, I love this. Before 1997. Ooh, I want to be John Elway. Yes. <laughs> exactly. 
A couple more takeaways. I want to say this because AC Milan, this was their dynasty. Um, They go on in 2007 and actually beat Liverpool in the finals. Just a little revenge. Yep. Um, But this that this could have been their uh, three Champions Leagues in six years, but instead it was two in six years. I'm just saying this. Nothing to sneeze at though. Yeah, this is their dynasty. Uh, Something that I found absolutely amazing about the penalty kicks was Dudek picked right three out of the five times and d-day who was the ac milan uh goalkeeper just went right every single time so he just decided that he was just going to choose right every time if you watch it it's such a weird such a weird penalty right is the spice of life there chief yes exactly and the another weird one was dudek ended up never playing another game for liverpool and he just kind of went down as the oh man that's a way to go out like a boss dude oh he transferred to real madrid and ended up sitting on their bench and making a shit ton of money doing nothing for like four years. It was a weird end to his career. Man is living the dream. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously though. All right. I think that's it for us. Thank you all very much. Follow our YouTube and our Instagram channels. Mine is sequin comedy. Uh, I'm Detola Dominic and our sports experience podcast at youtube.com.